Joining us right now is uh, the writer uh, from Sports Illustrated, and he's also authored the book Astro Ball, The New Way to Win It All. And Ben Ryder joins us right now. Ben, how are you? Good, Stan. Good morning. First of all, thank you very much for spending a little bit of time on a Saturday morning when I know you got a lot better things to do uh, than be on radio shows talking about your book. <laughs> well, you know, I'm happy to do it, Stan, especially um, in your market in Baltimore, where there are clearly a lot of things that could be learned from my book, I think, or at least a preview of what Orioles fans can expect over the next two, three, four five years from the new leadership there. I'll tell you a funny anecdote. Do you know the name? Does the name Terry Virch mean anything to you? Um, I don't know if it does. Uh, he's lives. He's born outside of Baltimore in Columbia, Maryland. He's an astronaut. He's a U.S. astronaut. He reached out, and he lives in Houston. He reached out to a local personality here and said, you got to talk to Stan Charles and write. Uh, he said, I want to talk to Stan Charles. I want to write something for Press Box. Uh, about these guys in Houston. This is in the summer of 2017. So we worked it out. I ended up having him on this show rather than having him write something. Uh, And he comes on, he says, you know, and this is before the Orioles had tanked under Dan Duquette and Buck Showalter. He says, the the Orioles need to do what, what the Astros are doing. They need to hire two guys, Mike Elias and Sig Meidel, <laughs> and, he, and he said it in this, the middle of the summer of 2017, and it was interesting. I had him on the show once Elias was named, and he, we weren't 100% sure Mydell was coming on. But it was interesting that he had sort of said that that's what the Orioles need to do. So my question for you is, why are these guys the right guys to conduct this sort of breakdown and start all over again? I mean, there are several reasons for it, Stan. You know, one is that they've actually gone through this process uh, not once but twice, really. Everybody knows about what they did in Houston because it was so extreme, rebuilding the worst baseball franchise in 50 years, really, um, into a champion. Uh, But they also had experience doing this in St. Louis. Now, the Cardinals, of course, never went through anything close to a rebuilding period like the Astros did. Uh, But Elias and Sig both were on the fly uh, part of the reimagining of the Cardinals organization as a Mm -hmm. data-driven organization, uh, but one that crucially incorporates human gut instinct, human observation, the opinions of scouts and all that experience, incorporates that information into all of the advanced, extremely advanced analytical work that they're doing to get the best out of both man and machine. You know, one thing that I kept noticing when Mike Elias's name was being mentioned for various GM jobs that were open uh, this winter is he kept being pegged as an analytics guy. Right, you know, not, a old, sc- not a scout, an analytics right. guy. There, yeah. were the, there were the old-fashioned uh, guy, the old-fashioned candidates, uh, and then there were the modern candidates like Mike Elias. People seem to overlook that Mike Elias, even though he went to Yale, he's a very smart guy, uh, he was himself a scout uh, with St. Louis for five years, driving around the mid-Atlantic region, mm-hmm. driving around Florida, learning that side of the evaluation process as well. So really somebody who understands both silos, both the analytics and the old-fashioned scouting piece of it, uh, that's really what Mike Elias represents to me. And, of course, Sig Meidel, 
um, is a, one of the best data minds in baseball, as he's shown for the past 15 years. Um, they're going to work together very well. Now, I'm I'm about 110 pages into the book, and Joe Trezza, who uh, covers the Orioles now for MLB.com, big fan of the book, tells me that about at this point in time, the book really ends up focusing an awful lot on SIG. Would you characterize it that way? Um, I think, you know, when I was writing the book, I kind of saw SIG as almost like a stand-in for the reader. He's kind of our guide through okay. what can be some very complicated concepts, um, but he really, you know, he, he has a terrific life story. He was a blackjack dealer in Lake Tahoe. He worked for NASA. He didn't get into baseball until he was around 40 years old. So really his journey into this world is our journey, and he's just a very compelling character yep. and thinker as well. But look, Michael Elias is a big, big uh role in the book as well, in particular, uh, his influence as far as the selection of the draft pick that really set them on the right path, the number one overall pick in 2012, which is Carlos Correa. Uh, we're talking with Ben Ryder. He's written the book Astro Ball, The New Way to Win It All. Have you seen an uptick, the fact that Elias is now a general manager and SIG has moved on to a high-profile position in Baltimore? Has that helped the sales of the book a little bit, Ben? I would. I think that it has, and I do see uh, a lot of people in Baltimore reading this to get an understanding of the direction in which their franchise is going. And I certainly think you will get that uh, from reading Astro Ball. Of course, you know they'll be doing similar things, but it's now seven years later, almost from when they joined Houston. So the game has evolved. Other teams have gotten a lot smarter about some of the things that the Astros were doing essentially in a vacuum uh, seven years ago. Of course, we're talking about the AL East, uh, not you know the AL West. It's a different landscape there, uh, and you wonder about the financial tools that will be at their disposal as well. So it's a different sort of challenge, yeah. but the baseline concepts that they use to completely turn around the Astros will certainly be the ones that they're building right at this very moment uh, over at Camden Yards. I had a half-hour sit-down the other day with Mike Elias because we're using that interview as the cover for our March issue of uh, Press Box, which is mm-hmm. a free publication here in Baltimore. And I asked him the question based on something I read early in the book, and it was how Jeff Lunau was so sensitive to scouting you know, and scouts take on analytics that he felt that he needed to introduce the analytics more gradually into the Astro organization than just come in like a bull in a China shop and start doing it the way he thought should be done. Uh, I asked Michael Elias the other day, is that necessary as much today as it was about eight years ago? What do you gather his answer to that was? I would guess he'd say no. I guess he would say that, yes, you certainly have to be sensitive, uh, that cultural change is always a process no matter where you are. But look, when Luna was doing this in Houston, and particularly in St. Louis before that, these were very new concepts. These were revolutionary concepts. They were somewhat untested, actually. Uh, So you had to be very careful about completely losing everybody in this organization who's trying to install these. Now they're time-tested, They're proven to work. So I would assume that the buy-in process 
should be a bit smoother. Uh, I would guess that Elias said something along those lines. That's exactly how he answered the question. We're talking with Ben Ryder, the author of Astro Ball, The New Way to Win It All, Easiest Way to Tell Baltimore Baseball Fans or any baseball fans listening or watching on Facebook Live, is to go to Amazon. That's the easiest way to order the book, and you can uh, pick up a copy and get it in time to read it for spring training. On page 109, and I happened to be reading this last night, I wanted to ask you about another uh, concept here. It says it, It's a paragraph that starts out, Lunau imagined that the Astros' string of 1-1s, meaning first-round number one picks, would likely end at three, meaning that going forward, they would no longer have their pick of the best player in the country. Compounding matters was that most of the Astros' rivals had improved their own drafting by incorporating types of analytics that had once given Lunau and Sig such an advantage in St. Louis. Are the Have the um, opponents all caught up? And if so, is there still an edge to, to having Sig on your side? Well, there's certainly an edge. Um, it's a it's a more and more marginal edge. You know, okay. when they were first applying analytics to the draft in St. Louis, you know, Sig promised that they could double their success rate just by using any sort of analytics whatsoever in concert with the scouting evaluation. And in fact, they did that. When Luno was in charge of the scouting department in St. Louis, um, they drafted more future big leaguers than any other organization. So clearly, it worked. Now, almost every organization is at least has some level of sophistication, some extreme levels of sophistication about how to do that. Um, there's still ever more marginal advantages to be acquired, uh, but it's tougher. It's certainly harder than it was in the past. Sig says later in the book, you know, some days we long for the time when we were alone at the buffet. Right. Uh, they're, not, they're not alone anymore. That doesn't mean you can't keep pushing the envelope. And, of course, in the Orioles' case, um, it looks like, unless there's something very surprising that happens, that they will have several picks in a row right at the top of the draft, starting with the 1-1 uh, this year, when it seems like they'll have a very interesting decision to make, most likely between the high school shortstop Bobby Witt Jr. from Texas and the Oregon State switch-hitting catcher Adley Rutschman. So this is really the parallel with the Carlos Correa pick, in 2012, and clearly Mike Elias uh, and Jeff Luno together and Sig absolutely nailed that one. It's really interesting, the Orioles. Um, and, and look, Dan Duquette was sort of a Billy Bean or Theo Epstein when he was 31 or 32 years old. But uh, after a sort of checkered career, he was unable to clearly get Peter Angelos's buy-in on doing analytical stuff. Uh, we, we have this takeover here, but it's interesting when the Orioles did sort of break things down at the second half of last year, traded Zach Britton to the Yankees, traded Brock and Gosman to the Atlanta Braves. All three of them at various times afterwards said they were kind of amazed at the information that those clubs had compared to the Orioles. It was sort of a ringing endorsement of the need to, to move in this direction. I think it's safe to say that the Orioles were laggards yeah. a little bit in the analytical revolution, and I know that that's what Elias and Sig are working very, very hard at this very moment, even though it's a Saturday. I'm sure they're doing it today to bulk up and quickly catch up uh, on that side of things in the way that they know how to do, 
And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised either if these new tools that the Orioles players will have that perhaps they hadn't had before mm-hmm. will lead to some improvements even on the big league level, even for a famously sl- uh, struggling, very well-paid first baseman slash DH, Chris Davis. Um, you know, there's a lot of tools as far as immediate improvements or at least pretty quick improvements that the new front office will be able to provide somebody like him. You know, in the old days, Ben, and we're talking with Ben Ryder, the uh, Sports Illustrated uh, writer who has authored the book Astro Ball, The New Way to Win It All, and I want to get into talking about that 2014 issue of Sports Illustrated that you did the cover story for in just a moment. But I I did want to touch on the – uh, and now I lost my train of thought. I got into such a long-winded uh, explanation <laughs> of that that I got into it. Um, let's go back to that, and I'll, I'm sure I'll remember what it was I was talking about. 2014, Sports Illustrated in June, correct, of 2014, they're looking for what to put on the cover of that particular week's uh, Sports Illustrated. Can you tell us a little bit about how it came about that you had written a story predicting uh, the 2017 winner of the uh, World Series? Certainly. Well, I was drawn to what was going on down in Houston uh, by the fact that they were just so historically bad. You know, there'd never been a team, or there'd rarely been a team, for several years in a row that had been as awful as the Astros were. 106 losses, 107 losses then 111 losses in 2013. So that's really what attracted me down there. What's going on down here? What's the plan down here? Is there a plan? Uh, reached out to the Astros kind of saying, look, I, I, I want to write about you. The only thing I can promise is I'm going to come in with an open mind, you know, give you a chance mm-hmm. to explain uh, what's going on down here to a national audience because they'd become a punchline. You know, they're being made fun of on Jeopardy!, their local TV ratings were 0.0, meaning that Yeltsin couldn't verify that a single Houstonian had tuned in to some of their games. That's how bad it was. If I, so can, inter- if I can interrupt for one second, you know what's fascinating about that is you think going as bad as things were that an awful lot of people in their positions would have said, nah, we're, we're really not ready to have this unleashed on the world. It shows a certain level of confidence in <laughs> what they were attempting to do. For confidence, yeah. Yeah. And I also think that that confidence extended to believing in the process that they were in the middle of very painfully installing mm-hmm. or executing down there. And I think they thought, look, okay, perhaps if we open up a little bit, uh, people will see that perhaps we have some idea of what we're doing. So I was able to eventually negotiate really kind of unprecedented, recently anyway, access to their front office, sitting in on their pre-draft meetings with the whole front office and also guys like Nolan Ryan and Craig mm-hmm. Vigio in the room when they're talking about who they're going to pick number one overall, sitting in in their actual draft room, really embedding with this front office for several days. And I emerged genuinely believing in what they were doing mm-hmm. there. It sounded new to me, this blend of analytics with kind of old fashioned sources of information. It was logical. They were clearly disciplined, clearly very smart. If you were really paying attention, they'd already had kind of started to build a nucleus that might turn into something. George Springer had recently come up. Altuve was there. Carlos Correa was in the minors. Um, I bought in, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they wrote 5,000 words explaining exactly why that was. Um, eventually, 
that story ended up on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And even, even though it was initially like the fifth choice for that week, um, the editor-in-chief of SI believed in the story too and ended up putting it on the cover with this prediction that they would win the World Series in 2017 that certainly seemed very far-fetched, if not infuriating, uh, to many of our readers. Um, clearly, it worked out pretty well. The The point that I was trying to get to that I forgot and then I remembered was that the fact that the Astros under Lunau and Elias, and I'm wondering if this will come to pass, and Sig, I'm wondering whether it will come to pass. It seems like in the old days the analytics w- would tell you who to go out and acquire in a trade, but it didn't tell you how to make that player better. The Astros, I look at Justin Verlander when they acquired him, all of a sudden he went back, it was like he went back in time eight years and was better than he had been in a long time. Garrett Cole went from striking out eight batters per nine innings to striking out 12 batters per nine innings. And a guy like Ryan Presley went from being an okay middle of the, you know, fifth, sixth inning guy to being a, a guy, a fairly high leverage guy. They, they somehow know how to make players better. I, I think you've hit on something uh, very important about their process and really a big part of the direction in which it's headed. And as you keep reading the book, um, I start to get into it. Uh, yes, it was largely at first about talent ID, right? Mm-hmm. Like, identifying perhaps overlooked players in the draft or via trade who might have some qualities uh, that suggest that they could perform the future better than they already were. The shift has really been towards uh, talent improvement, like performance enhancement in a natural way, using analytical tools uh, to allow players to get the best out of themselves. And part of that is that they identify players who have what they call a growth mindset, the willingness to work, the capacity to improve, and the drive and grit to do it day after day after day. But they also give them new tools to identify what they do well and figure out how to do that more often, Uh, whether it's using technologies that can read the spin rate of their pitches and kind of tell them in, in bullpen sessions, like when you throw it like this, that's your most effective pitch. So how do we work with a coach to throw that pitch more and more and more often and effectively. Uh, that's really where the focus is now. Of course, it's still on continuing to improve their draft process and everything. Um, but if you ask people around the league, that's where they believe that the Astros right now have a real edge over virtually every other team in using modern tools to help their players get better. One quick question before we let you go, and that has to do with clearly – and by the way, in researching my interview with Mike Elias or researching Ford, I went back over the Orioles. The Orioles have been absolutely horrid. And this goes dates back way before Peter Angelos owned the team through the last three owners. They've been terrible since 1965 at developing their own position players. But one of the things most recently that has come to pass is I think like a third of major league players now – are Latin American players, and I think 25% of superstars are Latin. A figure something like that. The Orioles have been essentially non-players in that market. Uh, That won't be the case under Mike Elias, will it? 
Oh, certainly not. Yeah. I mean, that's, I know that's one of the top priorities is to beef up, in fact, uh, kind of initiate their efforts in Latin America right away. You simply can't compete if you're not scouting and developing in that part of the world. I know Mike Elias has personally, as a scout and as an executive, spent a lot of time uh, in the Dominican Republic. Of course, Carlos Correa came from Puerto Rico, uh, which is a different part of the scouting world as well. Uh, you're absolutely right to identify that as one of the absolute top focuses right off the bat for Michael Elias and Sigma Del. Fairly, fairly good chance that Ben Ryder will be in Baltimore a few times this summer. <laughs> I'm sure I'll check in. I'm, I'm really fascinated to see how this story evolves, how these techniques will work um, when trying to when they're being implemented. It when they're being implemented, I should say. Um, in 2019, not in 2011 and 12. That'd be a fascinating story to follow. I mean, I think the good thing for everybody down in Baltimore is that there's genuine tried and tested reason to hope. Yep. And in fact, you know, even if the results won't come right away, there will be players, young players, homegrown players that you can follow and that you'll be able to believe in and that you'll know are there for a very, very good reason. You know, it's interesting, and then I'll let you go. Um, we had a guest on an old a sports uh, score updater of mine who lives in the Albany area, and it was ironic. We were talking about he lives right by the Tri-City Valley Cats, and he was mm-hmm. telling me how many players came through there, and that's where Sig went into uniform for a summer uh, there. Just very exciting times here in Baltimore. There are. Thanks yeah. for having me on, Stan. Is the name of the book going to be Bird Ball? Have you figured that out yet? <laughs> the sequel? Yeah. I, I don't know. Astros ball? I'm <laughs> still working on it, but we, we got a little bit of time. Here. All right. Hey, I might reach out to you sometime. I got an interesting idea how maybe we can sell some books down here if you're coming down sometime. All right. <laughs> I'm always up for that. <laughs> All right. Ben Ryder, uh, Sports Illustrated writer and the author of Astro Ball. Many thanks, Ben.